from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and build amazing relationships. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. Your other host is George Campbell with a K. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, help you sort through your issues with your money, your relationships, your career. The number is 888-825-5225. We're here to help. All right, George, I say without further ado, we go straight to these phone lines. We've got Mo in Columbus, Ohio. Hello. Hi, how are you doing, Mo? Good. I'm doing well. Um, I'm calling. I recently got a job promotion, um, and I've been listening to the show for about four months now, um, and I have some debt. Um, I don't have um, really any guidance when it comes to money. I've cut off contact um, majority with my father, um, after, um, some money issues. And I'm just trying to set myself up for success. Um, and I'm wondering how best to go about it. Um, because I'm still new to, um, from what I've listened to kind of trying to follow the steps. Okay. So kind of help us understand what you're trying to sort through. Is it debt? Is it, tell us more. Um, so it's debt and then, um, like retirement plans. Um, I have a little bit of student loans, a car payment. Um, I currently rent, um, and, um, we'll be moving in May, um, to where it's more affordable. Um, after college, I got a job and I had to move out of my father's house, um, and, found the cheapest place that I could, but I, I've kind of been money hungry and like excited to start saving. I just, I don't really know the best way to go about things. Okay. So, okay, good. Um, so let's find out what are you earning? What do you earn every month? What do you bring home? So I was earning 62,500 a year and two weeks ago I found out that I'll be getting promoted and I will start traveling for work and my new salary will be $78,000. Okay. So it was a decent bump. That's awesome. And so each month, what do you see? What does your check look like? Uh, So I've only gotten like the first, since the first of the year. So, Mm -hmm. but my new is, it's pretty close to four um, with the new salary. Okay, great. So you got 4,000 bucks a month to work with. Are you currently taking anything out of your check for retirement? Um, currently my company matches 6%. So like dollar for dollar up to 6%. Okay. So that's what I have put in. And in one year I've generated like $10,000. Okay, cool. Um, 6%. Okay, good. Now um, I just want to kind of know, are you, are you also using a budget? Is that part of your life at this point? I have somewhat of a budget, but as I, with the pay increase and I also in the spring will have a little bit of a second form of income. Um, not exactly sure kind of what that budget should look like. Um, I have like a general idea based on like my old income, but that was hard because I've had $10,000 of medical expenses. Um, why I was uh, finishing my last semester of college and um, all of 2023, which I I have no medical debt. That's all paid off, which okay. has just kind of prevented me from like being where I want to. Okay, so you're new to listening to us. Obviously, we filter everything through these seven baby steps, but all of that 
is contingent. It all rests on a budget. Like it's that's the foundation of all of this. So we've just found yeah. over the years that people who win with money have budgets and they have a good budget that they follow every single month. And it really is that roadmap to get them to their financial destination. That's where it all starts. So the first things first is I do want you coming out of here um, and I want you hooked up with a budget that you're doing every single month and that's through every dollar. But the next thing here is we're walking through those baby steps. And like I said, your budget's going to inform and show you how much money you have to put towards each baby step. I have I have a $1,000 nest egg. Sweet. Which I think is like, I don't know which step that is. That's baby step one. Um, so that's just sitting in a savings account? Card. Sorry, say that again. Is that in a savings account, the $1,000? Yeah, it's, it's in a, like a money market account. Excellent. Okay. Um, so that is baby step one, just getting $1,000 saved. It's just getting a safety net there between you and life. And then essentially you're on baby step two, which is paying off all of your debt except your mortgage. So that's the phase that you're at right now. And I want to come back to the fact that you're putting away 6% um, into your retirement. And we teach that in order for you to pay off debt quickly, you need as much money to throw at it as possible, right? All your extra money is what you're throwing at your debt. You're making minimum payments on everything just to satisfy that, but all extra money goes to your smallest debt and you need extra okay. money. And so right now you're giving away some of your extra money in retirement, which I think was a, a good natured choice. Like you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be responsible. Let me do retirement. But there is a right method and a right order to go about um, paying off debt and building wealth ultimately. And the first step is paying off debt. So if I were in your shoes, I would temporarily, very temporarily pause investing so I can have that 6% back in my month to month That's money. That's 400 bucks a month for you. That's yeah, really going to help speed up the debt payoff. Yeah, that makes sense. So how um, much total debt do you have? You said student loans. What's left on the student loans? So when I graduated, I worked two or three jobs through college. So I graduated with 16,000 and that's now down to 12,671. Great. Um, my junior year of college, my car broke down and I had um, no help. So I had, I had to buy a car to be able to transport myself. Didn't go crazy, but the, with the car market, it was a 2018 Ford Fusion and it was 17,500 and I have that down to 6,500. Okay, good. All right. And then you said something about credit cards. You have credit card debt? I have $1,700 on a credit card. Okay. So I, my thought would be go lowest to highest from what I understood. That's right. Pay the credit card. Mm -hmm. And then my car payment has a 5.1% interest and my student loans only have like a 2.7 something percent interest. So I'm assuming I would pay the car percent off first and clear that $6,500 next. Well, the way that we found is the best way is by balance. So we list those debts okay in order by balance, not necessarily by interest rate. So in this case, the student loan, is it just one giant student loan for 12,000 or is it built into a lot of little mini ones? Um, it's three, they're either each, I think about 4,000 a piece. I don't remember exactly. Um, so in that are, case, those would be next. You would do the, the okay. credit card, then you would make your minimum payment on student loan, which satisfies all those three mini ones. And then the extra money, you would look and say, hey, I want it to go on this mini $4,000 one. And you kind of have to, you either have to call it in. Some websites, they have it in there where you can actually delineate that. But some websites, they don't want you to do that. So sometimes you have to call it in. But technically those student loans would come next, um, it sounds like, and then the car. 
But with your income, with the raise, which by the way, congratulations. Listen, my you girl got is moving. twenty grand in debt. You make seventy eight now. Way to go! We can clean this thing up fast. I mean, basic math says. If you can throw five grand a month for four months, you're done. Four grand a month for five months, yeah. this thing's done. And you're about to free up 400 bucks a month by pausing investing. That's so right. you'll be back to investing in no time. And when you do, it's going to be 15%, not that's six. Right. So that's going to be sweet. But follow the plan. It works. I followed it. Jade followed it. We believe in it that much. That's right. Way to go. I'm proud of you, Mo. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. Thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. By the way, we value it so much when you take the time to like, subscribe our show, when you log in, when you watch it on YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. We appreciate it. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is George Camel. Our Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Mr. Appliance is a Neighborly brand that can make your appliances, make sure that your appliances are running properly in the new year. For appliance parts, repair, and service, find a Mr. Appliance near you at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Emily in Connecticut. My husband and I earn $106,000 annually, and our only debt is our $200,000 mortgage. We have $10,000 saved for our emergency fund with a goal of $24,000. My husband comes from a family that made a lot of money but never saved any. Because of this, he has never seen an amount of $10,000 in his life and thinks that's more than enough. He wants to give 10% of our savings to the church. He says we have been blessed abundantly and, quote, should never feel comfortable. Mm. I am the one who oversees our finances and wants to become financially stable, but my religion also says to let my husband be the spiritual leader of our house. How should I go about this? I want to save a full emergency fund, but at the same time, want to be generous. Interesting. A lot of layers to this tiramisu. Ooh, layers. Listen. So one is just the financial, what is the right amount for our emergency fund? Right. Two is the how should we give and from where? Mm-hmm. And then three is this upbringing of abundance for scarcity that they're dealing with. Listen, I I have a couple of thoughts, George. The let's think about the giving part because I love that the 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 I almost said the dad the husband wants to be generous. I love that. Um, but kind of the way I think of it as is when you get paid, it sounds like they're tithers. Um, if you're a Christian person, a lot of folks practice a ten percent giving. Ten percent in church, I think. Okay, tithe. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And my guess, my guess is, if you wanted to really get technical here, whenever you earn your income, you're probably giving ten percent of that income, and then whatever is left, that's what you're using to run your household financially, whether it's part of your budget, you know, groceries or whatever, or it's setting aside for savings. So whatever is in their savings, they probably have already tithed from that money. Um, and my thought would be like, listen, if he wants to give more, then let that be from your month to month income. Like if he's yes. like, listen, I don't want to give 10%. I want to give 15%. Great. Like I love generosity, but I wouldn't say that you have to drain your savings to give. We need to separate the buckets. Your emergency fund is for emergencies. 
your giving savings account needs to be forgiving. So number one, I would create separate accounts to keep these separate. Yeah. Number two, I would calculate your actual expenses every month and multiply that by three or six, depending on your income situation, yeah. stability of your jobs. But if it's my wife and she says, I feel more safe with six, we're going to have a six-month emergency okay. fund. Okay, listen. So he needs to also understand where she's coming from. And I don't buy this whole like, well, I grew up never seeing 10000 so that's plenty. Like, that's a really weird way to think about wealth well, and money. He might be like, listen, $10,000 is a lot. Of, like, some people... Um, and it's you, also not as much as it used to be. It's not as much as it used to be, but if you've never had to... Like, I, I can somewhat relate to this a little bit. If you've never seen $10,000 the first time you see it and get it, you're like, I am just... You're like Hulk status. Like, you can't believe what you've done. Um, but I think that he needs to go ahead and let that wear off and realize that 10000 is good, but start really thinking about it in lines of what could happen. If your AC goes out and you live in South Florida anyway, you're easily spending five to $7,000 on a new AC. So that money can dry up liquidity, liquidity split. If you were to lose your job and your income, how long the, the purpose of that is to sustain you if the worst happens. And for most of us, the worst happening is we lose our job, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, can you really cause your household to move forward for six months with $10,000? For most of us, you know, the answer is no. And you need a little bit more, um, especially with what it looks like their yeah. situation is. Well, the ultimate question was, I want to save a full emergency fund, but at the same time, want to be generous. I don't see those things as going against each no, other. No, not at all. You can do both. And this idea of should never feel too comfortable. Well, the more wealth you, you have, the more you're able to give. And so I don't see it as, oh, well, we hit 10,000. I don't want to be comfortable. We need to start giving money. That's fine if you want to be more generous, but I don't conflate the emergency fund with giving and I think they both need to come have a come to Jesus meeting, no pun intended, yeah. and go, here's how I'm feeling. We need to meet in the middle here. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a 20000 emergency fund. We're going to set up a separate account for giving. Mm -hmm. And you need to go to therapy for whatever happened in your past. <laughs> or read, own your past, change your future. He, I feel like he wants his giving to feel like a sacrifice. Like he wants to feel it. And in his, it feels like for him, that's like, it's got to come out of savings. But yeah. I don't know about all that. Because mm -mm, then the HVAC goes out and you go, well, that's not good. We just gave... Gave away a thousand bucks we needed for that. So Listen, separate them out. I kind of also want to talk about this. We probably should avoid it, but I'm the one who oversees our finances. Oh, yeah. That's that's thing one. And want to become financially stable. But my religion also says to let my husband be the spiritual leader. It's interesting because she said she's the one who oversees the finances, but he's a spiritual leader. It just sounds like they've got some conversations that need to take place because, you know, ult I mean, you guys are a partnership. Like there's in any partnership there usually is one person that kind of like has the final word or it's like this is it you know what i mean yes. like like dave's the boss here you know what i mean like but there's plenty of people that speak into the things that go on and i just think well, too that, many people see that as well i don't get a vote because right. they're the leader it's like no right. you need to have be speaking into the finances just as much listen if you don't have a vote it's going to cause resentment it's going to cause financial yes. infidelity so read some books on this whole spiritual leader thing because i think there's a lot of misunderstanding around what that really means when i was growing up they used to say the guy is the head but the woman is the neck and i'm like oh that's good because neck. think okay. about it because i'm like the head ain't doing nothing with the neck without the, neck. the rest of the body it's just a weird george we're just talking about the head and the neck okay <laughs> sorry i thought we we're gonna go this analogy broke down quickly. it did it I'm did saying. that's let's move on all right let's go to the phone lines where we've got joshua in chicago illinois <laughs> what's going on joshua Hi, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. How are you? Uh, I've been better. 
I'm sorry to hear that. How can we help? Is there anything we can do to help? Um, yeah, I, I had a couple of questions for you guys. Um, I know uh, I've kind of reviewed your guys' website and I like to watch your guys' YouTube videos. Um, and I know Mr. Ramsey, he typically recommends with having debt that you pay off the smallest amount first and you kind of snowball, um, and you make your minimum payments on your larger amounts while you throw as much as you can at your smaller amounts. Um, I'm currently 24, um, still living at home at the moment, so I don't really have too many expenses, mm-hmm. but I got about $2,600 in credit card debt and then $6,500 in student loans. Um, and the my kind of issue right now is my one credit card um, payment, um, the interest rate on it is very high, and I'm getting... Um, kind of knocked down on it in the sense that I'll make a payment and it's not really making a dent in it if so if I'm putting all of my money towards the smaller amounts. What's the so smallest debt if, you have right now? Uh, about $400. And, and how that? much are you putting on it? Um, about $100 a month, roughly. Extra? Uh, yes. Okay. What do you make? Uh, currently, I make 16 an hour. For how many hours, hours do you work? Uh, about 40 hours a week. And what do you do? Uh, I'm an automotive technician. I work for a, a dealership. Okay. Um, is this a long-term play for you? Like, are you in the industry that you want to be in? Uh, no, I'm actually exploring different avenues. I just actually went today and signed up to join the electrical um, union here in Chicago. Okay. Um, so it's, but that could take a few months to hear anything about that. And that's kind of a, a longer term process. So I'm okay. trying to, before I, if I do switch over, um, careers, um, well, it's the opportunity does become, um, I'm trying to get this paid off as soon as possible. Yeah. And the issue um, here, the issue here is not the debt snowball, whether it works or whether it doesn't, cause it does work. The issue here is we don't have enough money going towards it. And so we've got to find something where you're making more money. And until then, we're supplementing the job that you already have with more work. You're working 60. I mean, you work from home. You don't have any kids. You don't have a wife. No bills. You're going hard in the paint, my friend, until you get this done. Because, yeah, throwing $100 a month, it is going to barely move the needle. You need to pay this off in one month. Like you need to get you an Uber cart, an Instacart all of it and pay this off in one month and you're going to see this go out of your life lickety split. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. 
You're listening to The Ramsey Show. Thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is George Camel. George Camel, host of The George Camel Show on YouTube. Also, author of Breaking Free from Broke, his new book that is out now that I predict George will make and become a bestseller. We'll know tomorrow, Jade. You'll Thank know you for tomorrow? That prediction. Yeah. The Ooh. bestseller list come out tomorrow. Either way, I'm proud of the work we did and the the feedback and the impact it's having is really what matters. I love that. But the list is a fun way to go to celebrate. And yeah. so congrats on you becoming an author in the last few months. Listen. This is a really fun year for us. It's a fun year. It's a fun job. I think that we're very, very lucky and blessed I for what we I pinch myself to do. every day that we get to do this. Awesome. I bet Whitney Don't pinch me. You. You're stronger than me. No, I'll let Whitney pinch you. She's That's her job. All right. Let's go to the phone lines where we've got Luke in Chicago, Illinois. What's going on, Luke? Hi there. How's it going? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I um, hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. How can um, we help just you? Wanted to, yeah, just wanted to give you guys a call. Um, I've uh, I've got some, some debt um, and also got some money tied up and some investment accounts. Just wanted to see um, or get some advice, um, you know, based on my income, you know, what, sh- what should I be doing, um, attacking that debt or, um, kind of continue investing into, uh, retirement. Cool. Tell us some numbers. How much debt do you have? So I have 20,000, uh, on a car, um, currently making, uh, more than double payments on that. So I'm paying 1100 a month uh, on that car. Okay. Um, and then I have 3,200, uh, in student loans. Okay. Anything and then I else? have eight thousand. I have eight thousand tied up in a Roth IRA. Okay. Wait. Well, that's not debt. You said tied up. You yeah. mean you've invested yeah, so eight thousand? Yes. Okay. okay. You kind of said it like it something bad happened. Okay. Good. I'm glad you got some money in a Roth IRA. So you only have a car loan <laughs> and the student loan. That's it. Correct. Okay. What's your income? Uh, my gross income is eighty-seven thousand. Cool. And what do you see every month? What do you bring home every month from that? Uh, well, it kind of depends from month to month. Um, I'm in a commission-based um, position. Um, my monthly take-home on my base salary is four thousand. Mm-hmm. Then my commission check is anywhere from uh, two to four thousand somewhere okay. in that pocket. Cool, cool, cool. All right, and um, what's your living situation? Are you renting? Do you have roommates? Tell I'm us more renting. about that. Yeah, I'm renting. I have uh, two roommates in a three-bedroom apartment. I currently okay. pay thirteen thirty a month in rent. Okay. So the question here, what's what's your actual question for us? I just wanted to see kind of, um, you know, in, in my, if you guys were to put uh, yourselves in my shoes, um, would you go ahead and kind of attack that student loans and, and pay it off in full rather than continuing to uh, contribute to that Roth IRA um, and then kind of working on that car as well? Um kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, you're doing a lot of good things. You're just doing them all at once. And so it's harder to make progress. And what I found was when I started this financial journey, when I paused investing and I just went all in on debt payoff, I felt so much progress and motivation and it happened faster. And then when I got back to investing, it wasn't just a measly, you know, 3% or 5%. It was 15%. And that allowed me to build wealth with so much peace and confidence, just focusing on one thing at a time. And so that's what I'd recommend to you. How much are you investing right now? Um, Right now, Roth IRA, I'm putting about 500 a month into. Okay. So think about that. You said you're doubling your car payment, which is an extra 550. Mm -hmm. If you paused investing, you could triple the car payment and pay it off even faster. Right. And if you attack the smallest debt first, that student loan, is that broken up into multiple or is that just one? 
That's just one. Okay. So that's technically your smallest debt, right? Yes. Yes. So what if you made the minimum payment on the car loan and you took all the margin you could muster up, you paused investing, how much extra could you throw at that student loan? Fifteen hundred bucks? I could probably Yeah. Two thousand bucks? I could Yeah. So think about that. It's gone in a month and a half. You just knocked out that student loan, you freed up that payment. Now we apply that to the car loan along with that extra fifteen hundred or two thousand. Boom, this thing's rolling, man. You're debt free in like what, eight months? That's amazing. Yeah. And in March, you don't have student loans anymore. That's great. That would be sweet. And then before the end of the year, you're back to investing. And instead of 500 bucks a month, it's going to be way more than that. Right. And so that's what we awesome. would encourage. That's how we've personally done it. And uh, I, th- I don't think you'll regret it that way. How old are you? I'm 22. Okay. Dude, you have so much time. Yeah. It's amazing. Way and, to go on that income too at, yeah. at 22. That's a good job. Well, and you, when you look at the math on it, Jade, you know, 15% of 87 grand, that's $13,000 a year. Yeah. So he would be investing over $1,000 a month instead of 500. Wow. So he just over doubled the savings rate, which mm-hmm. we know is the key to building wealth. Absolutely. Wow. How does that hit you, Luke? That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Game on, man. Ooh, thank you for the call. I love calls like that. I put like a pep in my step. I'm me excited too. for him. I know, me too, because do it. I never want to go back into debt, but there's like an excitement when you're like, get the plan, and you're like, this is going to work. I know, I know. I it's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> we did a live stream, um, gosh, two weeks ago. It was the Break the Cycle live stream. You can still go on YouTube and watch it. But um, it was just motivation around breaking that paycheck to paycheck cycle, just like we helped Luke do, getting your money, figuring out how to pay off your debt, finding margin in your budget. And I was looking through the comments just to see if people were enjoying the live stream. And one person put, the way you talk about debt, I get so excited. I wish I had debt to pay off. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't, but Be thank you for the what comment. You for. We get the sentiment. <laughs> it's so funny. Let's take another call. We've got Carter in Austin, Texas. What's going on, Carter? Are you there? Carter. I don't oh. know. Whew. Okay, there, he, there is. he is. What's going on? How can we help? Uh, well, I, I just heard about the baby steps uh, from my old youth minister and I don't feel a hundred percent convinced that my my wife's a hundred percent in on it and whatnot. <laughs> okay. Is she happy with the current financial plan? I uh, she she likes being able to go out on weekends and 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 doing things like that. Well, uh, I guess. <laughs> so I mean, she I think everybody the sacrifice does. is not going to be worth it. I. I I don't. I don't know. I don't think that she sees the 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 long term effect that it, it's causing right now. I guess. Is it out of hand? Like, tell us more about your situation so we can see like where you guys fit on this spectrum. How much debt do you guys have? Um, I ran the numbers like twenty minutes ago. Actually, it's uh, forty nine thousand two hundred fifty and forty nine cents. Three thirty two. Yes, ma'am. Thirty two thousand. Uh, three hundred is with her with twenty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty three of student loans, and on my side, it's a vehicle loan. The major one is a vehicle loan of twelve thousand. Okay, let me just and, let me clarify that. So you said she's got a student loan, and it's thirty two thousand. Uh, twenty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty three. Okay, twenty nine thousand. Okay, and then you've got the car. What is yours? Um, eleven thousand eight hundred sixty two. And then what else do you have? And then I've got a credit card for seven hundred and thirty-two, mm-hmm. 
Um, I get, I don't know where, uh, like insurance or whatnot, how that would be, but that's, at not, one a, that's point not a time, debt. Oh, oh, it was, it showed up. So what else? You I, mentioned I'm, your car loan, you got a student loan and then the credit card, but there's more here. Medical, uh, 4,200 in medical bills. 4,200. Yes, ma'am. And then we took out, uh, personal loans for, let's see, 2,300. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Okay. And uh, I think that that's it. I, I didn't know that the insurance thing was it. I don't know. It just showed up on my, my credit thing. What do you she, got? Does she know about all these debts and the amounts? Not fully. Okay. There's the problem. Yeah. She needs to be made aware because I can feel you re- realize the stress of all of these payments. I mean, your head's spinning just trying to lay them out for us. Are you the one that pays the bills every month? I do my best. Yes, ma'am. I think that's the issue. I think that you, you, yeah, you're the only one who's seen the full scope and you're the one who's paying that bill every month online and she hasn't felt that. Yes. Can we do that? Go ahead. Okay. We're going to gift you guys Financial Peace University, Carter, and you're going to watch these nine video lessons with her. That's her only commitment right now. And that'll get you on the same page, speaking the same language, getting you guys fired up and really showing you why you're too, you guys are too smart to be this broke. You can be so successful and wealthy at this young age with this bright young marriage and uh, see it squandered in a payment sucks. So hang on the line. We'll gift you one year of Financial Peace University, my friend. But watch it. Convince her. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. Scripture quote of the day. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load. That's Galatians 6, verse 4 through 5. Then we've got this from Paul McCartney. I don't work at being ordinary. Listen, I don't either, Paul. Spoken like a beetle. I don't work at being ordinary. We want to be extraordinary. Love it, love it. Let's go to the phone lines. Jonathan, another one from Boston, Massachusetts. That's your area, George. What's going on, Jonathan? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. So I have to be on the air today. Awesome. We're glad you're here. How can we help? So I'm calling. I'm, I'm 22 years old. I, I've been working in construction, and um, I make about a little over 60000 a year uh, before taxes. And so right now, um, I still live at home with my parents, and uh, they're very, they treat me well, and they don't charge me rent um, so I can get a head start <laughs> okay. with saving money, which uh-huh. I'm very fortunate situation to be in. Yeah. So, and I thank them every day for it. So uh, my question is, I, I, you know, I, I've, been, I've been wanting to save for a house, but the Boston market is so expensive. I have about 100000 in high-yield savings. Nice. And so I'm just trying to decide if I should, you know, on a single income in Boston on 60000 it's kind of impossible to find anything. So should I just deploy most of that into a taxable? I've already maxed out my Roth IRA for 2024, mm-hmm. and I do contribute to my 401k. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, instead of just having all that cash sitting in a high-yield savings, should I stop really saving for a house and prioritize moving that cash to my taxable brokerage? I see. You're saying, hey, if this isn't going to happen for another, you know, four or five years mm-hmm. as I continue to save, yeah. should I just invest it for the longer term and then pull it out later on? Yes, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, the only way I think I could afford a house here is, you know, if I maybe have a career change, something that makes a lot more money. So I'm kind of, like, torn exactly, you know, what I should do because all my family's in Massachusetts, so I don't really sure. want to move out of the area. But at the same time, you know, having the money, even though it's in a high-yield savings, 
it still feels kind of like I'm missing out on potential opportunity. Well, right now, man, I remember saving up for our house and our high yield savings account was making 2% and we were doing jumping jacks at that rate. And so (laughs) we are at record highs right now. I mean, I'm making five and a half percent in a high yield savings account. It blows my mind. And so that's a great option that's going to keep your money safe. And the problem with investing it is if you're going to pull this money out in the next three years, mm-hmm. well, you could see a dip. Yeah. All it takes is one stupid election and all of a sudden everyone freaks out and you're, the market's down 18% mm-hmm. or it's up 20%, but that's going to change your heart rate. And so if this is truly a long-term yeah. play, four or five years plus, then I'm fine with you investing it in the taxable brokerage account into an index fund or something. But if this is three years out and you think you're going to do this sooner, the high yield is a great option with some great rates right now. Mm-hmm. And I might also go, all right, I'm going to go rent for a year or two. I'm going to go get a condo outside of town. That's what I'm thinking. You know, so look at all of the options. Are you? I mean, you don't need a, a huge single-family home for just Jonathan right now, right? Yeah, no, no, for sure. So I've, I've been considering apartments. Um, it's just crazy. Even outside, even outside the city, like I, I live outside the city, uh-huh. it's still almost... What area are we Still talking? Over 2000. Uh, you're talking like outside Boston, so near like um, Lowell, Massachusetts. Okay, North Shore. You're like Drake and Mass. Yep, exactly, North okay. Shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think you're going to find much cheaper prices as you go further out from the city. And so I would be looking at condos and apartments. It's still a great way to you know get an asset and build mm-hmm. wealth and create a four savings plan. How so, much are you looking to spend? Like, what are you looking? Are we talking three, four hundred grand for a condo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was doing the math, and it seems like, I mean, doing it, adding it into, like, a, a more, like how much house I can afford, what I was getting was about, um, it was showing, like, just over 200, like, 225,000 mm-hmm. I could afford. And okay. so I was looking at condos, condos in Lowell. It still seems like most are, um, you know, just around the $300,000 range, and that's even before, you know, your broker fees, closing costs, everything like that. Yeah. Well, think about this. Your income's going to go up, and I would encourage you to find ways to do that. You're making 60K at 22, which is awesome. Yeah. You're an impressive dude. You've worked so hard. You're living on less than you make. You got no expenses. You could pretty much stack up all of that cash. I mean, could you save up 30 grand a year at this point? 40 grand a year? Yeah. Doing some yeah, side hustles yeah, too? Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, do some, I do some side hustles, and I also, you know, I always. I always like work during the weekend, try to take up like extra hours here and there. And like I said, you know, I'm in a very fortunate situation where, you know, my parents don't charge me rent. I'm able to save like a lot of that money. Now's the time. I'd probably do this for another year or two. And if, uh, if you need to go rent and just kind of get out of the nest, that's great too. But I think you'll be a homeowner within two years, man. You got like okay. 150 yeah, to put so down on a 225 or a 300. That mortgage is going to be real reasonable. Oh, 25% yeah. of your uh, take-home pay and you're in a great spot. I love it. Love, I love our that Boston conversation. Callers. We had several of those this morning or this morning, this afternoon. It's because I'm on. It's because you're like, on, and they the know that you're here. Bostonian. <laughs> now that's good. That is great. So, George, you know, I find that with these conversations, there's so much like with the way the housing market is. There's like, should I go? Should I not go? Is it time? Is should it not I time? Stay or should I buy a home now? There I you go. like it. Yes. That's that's the ticket. The I'm trying to think who sings that song. The, James, tell the, us. The Verve, the Drip. The Clash. The, the Clash. clash. I know go. it's something. I'm like, it's I'm so something. Um, but, you know, these conversations, I feel like that's what everybody's, where everybody's at right now. It's like, I've got this money. It's going to take me a while longer to get the money I truly need for the down payment I want or for the payment to be what I want it to be. Do I just sit on that money or do I invest it? And I think the the 
um, argument that you laid out is really important when you have a lump sum of money that you are emotionally connected to because this is your future like this is your house this is that potential mortgage to invest it if it's not going to be long term you're going to be just on edge the entire time you're going to be logging in all the time to see like what's the market doing and like you said if the market crashes you are going to have a heart attack so that money is truly best we've seen a lot of that lately Jade. i mean H-Y-S-A. it wasn't long ago where we had the market was down 18 percent for the yeah, year that's but right. then we've had a great year so far this year and so but when you're ready to make that home purchase you don't want to be like oh gosh i can't do it yeah because my hundred grand turned into 85 oh so painful that's too stressful but the longer you keep the money in there the better chance that money has grown mm-hmm. and it's going to be a wise move. So, but that's a great, that's a rare situation that someone has no debt and a hundred grand sitting there at 22. Absolutely. What a rock star. Most people have debt up to their eyeballs, Jade. And they're like, well, I got to get a house because my parents are pressuring me and the housing market's crazy. And then they call us again going, I think we need to sell the house. We made a mistake. You know, and in a situation like this guy too, it is worth noting, it doesn't hurt to have some rental history going into buying a home, especially with oh, a zero credit score. It's a great caveat. Um, and I would say to somebody like Jonathan, it's great when your parents say, you can live here rent free, but it doesn't hurt to set up some situation where you're paying them rent so that you can show I've been paying rent for, you know, I have a renting history basically is yes. what they're going to ask for, especially if you go in with a zero credit score. You loan, do that which manual underwriting, they need to see that you've made some kind of rent payment. That's Even right. if it's not market rent of 1200 bucks. That's right. If you've made a regular payment on the first of the month to your parents for 500 mm-hmm. bucks, that is going to change the game when it comes to getting approved yes. for a no score loan. It's actually very, very important. So in his case, or if you're in that case, you can either look at paying your parents, or in this case, it could be worth it to get out on your own, find some roommates so that you're establishing that trade line, which is really, really important. That's big time. It is Yeah, and I, I talk about, I have a whole chapter in my new book, Jade, on home ownership and mortgages, and I walk through with a lot of empathy because I feel for those out there. Man, like, it's different. You're right. Wages have not kept up with the housing market. Yeah. It used to be twice your salary could get you a home. Now it's six times your salary mm. is what it takes to get a home. And so it is harder than it was before. That's right. But and don't it's worth let noting. that discourage yeah. you. Like renting is smart, is buying patience. It's not a sin. It's not a waste of money. I'm so sick of these myths that we're telling young people. And guess what? It's coming from you, parents, because you want what's best for your kid. And you go, well, you got to get in the game in the housing market. Your kid can't afford it. And if and you can't afford it, it's a it's a burden. It's not it's a, a blessing. It's a burden instead of a blessing. That's exactly right. So you got to do it the right way. Here's our parameter for this. 15-year fixed rate mortgage is the only one you want to go with. 25% of your take-home pay going towards the mortgage That's right. and have a solid down payment. If you That's do it right. that way, you'll buy a house with peace. Yeah. How much down payment, George, for those asking? 5 to 10% is okay for first-time homeowners, but I think 20% is a great goal to have yes. to avoid that pesky private mortgage insurance, mm. which protects the lender, not you. That's right. Usually insurance is great because it protects you, not in this case. Ooh, I love it. Another hour in the books, hosting with the great George Campbell. Thanks for being here with me today. Thanks, Jade. Thanks Fun to show. the guys in the booth. Thanks, James. Appreciate you. You're welcome. This is The Ramsey Show.